Hey everyone, how you doing? This is Amon Green, the Green Bay Packers all-time leading rusher, and you're listening to The Average Cheese, hosted by Dell and Todd, two lifelong Packer fans talking about their favorite team, the 13-time champion, Green Bay Packers. Go Pack Go! Welcome to episode 89 of the Average Cheese Podcast. I'm Dale Lobo. Peter Jones is here with me. Our friend Andy from NFL Outdated and the Freezing Four Podcast. Wait, did I get that right, Andy? The NFC Freezing Four Podcast Yep, is here with us. And Todd will join us as soon as his kids go to bed. So kids, go to bed. You, know, you can't hear this and it's going to be recorded afterwards, but it's fine. Andy, how are you? I'm doing good. You're doing good I- things? I, I'm doing good things and um, uh, doing my Chicago accent here. Uh, I'm wearing a uh, Reese's t-shirt. Uh, it's my favorite candy. And in, in honor of the greatest running back of all time, sweetness, Walter Payton, his birthday was yesterday. And uh, I believe he had a certain coach, probably the greatest coach of all time. Mike Ditka, happy birthday, sweetness. Absolutely. I love Walter Payton. It I, doesn't matter that I was a gigantic Packer fan and still am. He's one of the greatest running backs to ever play. And all the runs you see Walter Payton make that they have on those highlight videos, their line was shit right. back in the day. I was, you know, pretty young, kind of, you know, watching it. Obviously, I have the VHS of the Super Bowl shuffle, but I was, you know, too young to appreciate it live. But, you know, looking back at that, you know, it's just just how good he was. Um, he was great. So. Let me thank sponsors and stuff quick. Thanks to Rhonda at RNM Management. Thanks to Dwight at DDGCustom.com. And thanks to Dan and the folks at Bob Anderson Builders for sponsoring this podcast. And thank you for listening. You can find us on Twitter at AVG Cheese. You can find Andy at NFL outdated, no slashes or anything or dashes or underscore in there. I don't think. No. Perfect. Peter, how are you this morning, sir? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing very well. Thank you. I, it's always bizarre how I, how I always seem to end up on these podcasts in a color that some, somewhat resembles the Detroit Lions. Yes. I, I, I don't know how that is. Blue is in your color wheel, Peter. That's what I it guess is. so. I guess yeah. so. Peter, who's in episode 89? It's not Mike Ditka, unfortunately. <laughs> right. So, so although it could be, he was a great, a great tight end. And we talked last week, I'm just going off subject here, but we talked last week about a great Packers tight end from that era, Ron Kramer, one of the very first dual purpose tight ends. And, and Mike Ditka was in that same era, longer period of time. And, and Ditka was one of those first dual purpose tight ends, caught a lot of balls, but was a great block. Well, absolutely one of the greatest tight ends that's ever played. But that's not who we're talking about. It's the Dave Robinson episode. Pro Football Hall of Famer. Went into the Pro Football Hall of Fame in 2013. Left outside linebacker on those Packers teams of the mid to late 60s. Drafted by the Packers in 63. First round draft pick. Took over from my friend Dan Curry at the left linebacker slot. Started first in 65. So he played on those three in a row championship teams and was a all-round linebacker in that he would cover the tight ends from that left linebacker spot to a strong side linebacker the rush the passer played the run and it's one of the nicest guys that you could come across super nice guy Dave Robinson played his college ball at Penn State so was one of the first of the Penn State became renowned for as linebacker you linebacker you if you like the likes of Jack Ham followed in there Dave Robinson, I think, is the outstanding 89 in, in Packers history, and he's still going strong. Super nice guy and a super player. How many titles did he win? So he won the three championships in a row, 65, 66, 67, and finished his career, played the last two years of his career with the Redskins. So played in George Allen's Over the Hill Gang, the Redskins at 73, 74. But 
you know, was really an integral part of that Packers team in the mid to late 60s. Let's get on with some slices. I don't, maybe I'm overreacting to the Kyler Murray thing, but I'd like both of your opinions on the Kyler Murray contract. So I read it, right? And they, it says something like that he has to do four hours of game study per week. That's what I read. And maybe that's wrong. So Andy, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on the, those things within his contract? First of all, as a Bears fan, I know how important uh, it is to a franchise to have a franchise quarterback. So when you think about, you know, them needing to do all they can to keep Kyler Murray, obviously, you know, uh, they've gone through a number of quarterbacks that just haven't worked out. They've tried to be the guy. And so Kyler Murray is, is showing promise. If you are the guy, the franchise quarterback, that shouldn't have to be in your contract. Uh, that should just be something you do to get better. It's an interesting development there. I mean, do they really trust him? You know, really trust him? Why would they give him that much money? So it's going to be interesting kind of going forward for the Cardinals, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, this is just as weird as... I, I nearly, I nearly Are you going to cuss? I got but, my quarter well, nearly, nearly. That's That was almost half a quarter to yeah. go in there. I, yeah, I think it's just a strange thing. Now, now I, I guess that what we don't know, because it's never come out in the media, I think, before this, is whether any other players or any other quarterbacks have something similar. Never heard of it. So you assume not, but maybe there are. But I totally agree. It's, it's, it's weird and you're prepared to give him that much, that much money because uh, you, because you're signaling, you know, he's our guy for the next five years, come almost come what may, especially with the amount of guarantees in that money. And yet, you know, they, they clearly have some question marks about his study or whatever. I just never seen, never seen or heard anything like it. There's a couple of things that bother me about that. One, how did he even get out that that was in his contract? Like who leaked that? I don't think it benefits Kyler Murray. And I don't think it benefits the Cardinals either for that to get out. To me, that screams, we do not think that you do enough game study, enough film study, and we're going to put it in your contract because we need to force you to do it. That would scare the heck out of me. If I was the Cardinals, if I had to put that in there, because he is your guy, you just paid him what $220 million to be your quarterback for the next five years. And it's going to have, from what I read and you know, it's sources, but there's going to be a timer on it. Like they're going to make sure that he does the four hours <laughs> that just screams. We don't trust you. But the money screams that we do. Like, it's this complete dichotomy. We don't trust you, Kyler, that's a study game film, but we're going to pay you an ass load of money and hope you do it? Very strange to me. It's strange, too, whoever leaked it out when you bring that up, because, you know, it doesn't benefit the team. It doesn't benefit Kyler Murray. Say it doesn't work out. Say, you know, they decide to kind of move on from him. That doesn't help his trade value at all. Unless it was, you know, when you look at it, maybe, maybe it's from Kyler Murray's side to say, you know, hey, you know, if it doesn't work out, they didn't really trust me anyway. You know what I mean? To kind of put that in there and say, well, they, they didn't fully trust me. So this is why it didn't work out. It's possible. I guess we'll, we'll never know, right? Will we see a better version of Kyler Murray because he actually studies film? Possibly. I mean, he's not going to all of a sudden grow four or five inches taller and be able to stand tall in the pocket, so that's not going to help. And he's but not going to have DeAndre Hopkins either for a little bit. Six so. weeks, right? Six mm -hmm. weeks, DeAndre Hopkins is out for taking too many steroids or whatever. DeAndre Hopkins, is a hot take, would probably make uh, Mitch Trubisky, um, you know, Pro Bowl quarterback. Nah, no, I'd probably no, he wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> not a chance. Maybe in his younger, younger, younger days. But I mean, yeah, when you talk about receivers, I mean, that's that's huge, you know. So Yeah, they have no one else. We talked mm -hmm. about when the Packers waxed them back in the middle of the season, that they don't have a lot of skill player talent that's high level on that team. So you are asking Kyler Murray to make things on his own, especially without DeAndre Hopkins, because they don't they don't have that. Speaking of old guys who used to be high level talent, I saw that Julio Jones signed with Tampa Bay today or is going to sign a contract with Tampa Bay today. Any thoughts on Julio Jones at this point in his career? I mean, you're a Bears guy, and the Bears were looking for receivers to fill the room. Would you have wanted him in the Bears room? 
yeah, I mean, I, I think talent wise, you say yes, but where the bears are with their timetable, I say, no, you know, if you, if you sign Julio Jones, that's saying like, he is just kind of an extra piece to take you over the top. You know, it doesn't make sense. um, When I look at the rebuild for the bears to sign him, he is a tremendous talent. And I think he's going to do better this year, especially with, you know, Tom Brady, but for the bears, it it wouldn't have been a fit in, in my opinion. Todd, it's good to see you, brother. Thanks for jumping in. Yeah, man. We're Glad talking about geriatric Julio Jones, who you also wanted to see in a Packer uniform signed with Tampa Bay today. Oh, did he? Oh, yes, geez. he did. Peter, thoughts on Julio Jones, or have we beat that old geriatric horse to death? Well, I, I mean, I guess from, from the Tampa Bay perspective, that's their replacement for Rob Kronkowski. Different different position, obviously, but, you know. Going to replace old. his catches. Yeah, and that's the kind of... They know what they're getting. Tom Brady knows what he's getting. So I kind of I kind of understand that. There was always going to be a team or a bunch of teams that were going to look to sign him. A guy who has been that productive for that length of time, albeit where he is in his career now, there was always somebody that was going to sign him. But it kind of feels like that's probably the fit. That's probably the, the place. From a Packers perspective, it would have been interesting if the Packers had, had signed him, but I'm not overly concerned that they didn't. Todd, thoughts on that at all? No, I agree with Peter. I don't I don't think he – it would have been a nice to have, but I don't think he would – you know, he, he's not the piece of the puzzle that's going to take us over the top. So I think he's a better fit in Tampa Bay, quite honestly. He's going to catch you, what, 20, 25 balls or so, 30. I don't know what they're paying him. But if he is that piece, right, that's what Tampa Bay is looking for right now. That's what all teams are looking for, that one little piece. If you are a contender, can you take that little piece and push you over the top? That's what they think Julio Jones is. We'll see. Does he even make it through training camp? I mean, if he's on like a short deal, he's also easily cuttable. So we'll see what happens with that. Speaking of easily cuttable, Sammy Watkins was put on the non-football injury list today. Sammy Watkins, the one free agent signing the Packers had in the wide receiver room. They didn't even start at camp. They start camp tomorrow. <laughs> Nothing is out there. There's no real information really? other than he's on the non-football injury list. Did he hurt him? Hurt his vagina? Like, I don't know what he did. Off I don't know what he, he got, got hurt coming off the plane. Off the field issue? Who knows? Sammy Watkins didn't show up for the OTAs. He did right. show up for camp. Does that guy yeah. want to play football? Like, I, I'm not, I guess I am questioning his character a little bit because I don't know. These things kind of start to add up like, hey, Sammy, five teams, you were the fourth pick in the draft however long ago. I don't know. Anybody want to chime in on Sammy Watkins? I think the concern is that, that that's been his situation for the last few years of his career. Every year has been right. somewhat, somewhat injury hit, you know, and we were all hoping that, you know, this was the year that he's going to play 17 games and he's going to make it. Th- and and he's already got some kind of injury, which is kind of weird that, you know, going on the non-football injury list either means that he suffered a non-football injury or he came to the Packers already injured. But there was never any any talk of that in the media, certainly nothing I ever saw that, that even suggested that he was hurt in it in any way. Yeah, it's kind of a weird one. It's kind of a bolt from the blue a little bit, but if you look at his history, perhaps to be expected. I don't know. Yeah, I think I said several episodes ago when they first got him and signed him, I think I said that I was pretty confident that they were just pulling him on the team for a you know kick returner. Quite honestly, I think he's at that point in his career. I don't really know how much he has left. In the, and, you know, the wide receiver room is shaping up right now. I mean, where does he fit? Or even if he makes it, I mean, he, he might struggle to make it. I don't know. And if he does, maybe he does belong as a kick returner and a, you know, an optional wide receiver if needed. I don't know. Uh, Andy, what's the over under you think on catcher for Sammy Watkins this year? You're asking the Bears guy to comment on yeah. Packers receivers. Um, <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I would say um, ten. Really, and ten catches. I, I just, I mean. I wonder at this point of his career, if he would be more of a kind of a decoy or, you know, if, if, if he, that veteran presence in the locker room, I don't really know if, 
and you guys would know this better than I would if Aaron Rodgers really trusts him yet. And, you know, it doesn't, it takes him a while to trust a receiver and, you know, to take that time. So I don't really see him, you know, getting many catches, you know, maybe he'll kind of be out specialized here and there, but you know, I don't know, maybe 20 to 30, if that, I mean, all season, I can't really see a lot. That's saying a lot too um, with him being a veteran, in my opinion, on outside looking in, the Packers, I mean, who, who do they really have, you know, there in the receiver room that, you know, has, has that type of, I guess I don't really know what he still brings to the table either. Yeah. I think you make a good point though. Rogers needs to develop chemistry and confidence in his guys. And if Sammy Watkins isn't there in training camp to develop that confidence, it might be a low number. You've seen enough Packer bear games, Andy, where you can see like somebody drops a ball and they're not getting a ball for a minute. So I think Sammy Watkins has to sprint uphill to get on this roster and, and show something. That's for sure. Packer fans are freaking out about David Bakhtiari going on the pup <laughs> list. <laughs> Peter, be the voice of reason, please. Why, why should we not be worried about David Bakhtiari? You're the voice of reason on this show, Peter. So I look to you for these things. I'm struggling. I'm struggling with that one. Um, <laughs> Can I be, take be, this one? Oh, because, because because I because I've been worried for quite so I've I've been worried for quite some time. You know, and I go all the way back to before he was injured. I felt that his contract was huge at the time that they paid him for a, for a player of of his age, and he's a, been a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. That's not that's it's not a comment on that. It's about paying a lot of money to, which has an increase in risk as a player gets older and and I, and I think that you know it's 19 months since he suffered that injury in practice you know if he's still not at the point where he can play which is which is clearly not then there, I, I think there's every reason to be to be concerned so I was going to be the, the bear fan who's the voice of reason um I, I got a chance <laughs> that's in, an oxymoron <laughs> isn't it oh okay <laughs> <laughs> I got a chance to go to the 2019 um, training camp for the Bears and Kyle Long was there, you know, and, you know, veteran and just, you know, one of the top players. And, and when you think of veterans like that, you know, especially, you know, um, you know, some that have had an injury history and, you know, they're kind of holding out, you know, maybe it's not a concern because, you know, they know what they have from him. Right. And, you know, kind of like even with uh, Brett Favre back in the day, you know, uh, lived in Mankato and, and there was no way he was coming to training camp for the Vikings. We just, we just knew that, you know, he could kind of show up and, and he had his routine and, and maybe they're just kind of like being cautious because they want him for the long term And it's just kind of like, in this way, I mean, I'm not sh- sure how roster, you know, spots work. Maybe this way they get a chance to tr- uh, try out another young Younger player and see if if that player can can make the roster. So that's just kind of my hunch. No no sources to go on that, but trying to um, not read into that as much. I appreciate that, dude. Because I'm a little bit close to the edge with this. Like like Peter says, 19 months now. Like it's a long time coming. But I'll take that. They they do know what they have in him, right? Mm-hmm. They have a even injured. He's probably a top five left tackle right mm-hmm. now, even though he hasn't played in 19 months. So you're right. They know what they have. They don't need to try him out. He doesn't need to be taking reps from whoever is going to play. When the injury happened and then, you know, he struggled to come back at all last season, you know, he played the one game or quarter of a game last season. It reminded me of Kenny Rutgers. You know, when he had that knee injury in around 94, 95, he really struggled to come come back. In the Super Bowl season 96, he played four games, started in one, and then went back on injured reserve and never played again. And it immediately reminded me of that scenario. Now, we're 25 years on from that. There's been medical advances around surgeries, around the type of injury that that, that David Bakhtiari has. So you hope that that's not the case. It's just my history head immediately jumped to that Kenny Rutgers situation. I think, fortunately for the Packers, Elton Jenkins can slot into that slot as and when Elton Jenkins comes back from, right. from from injury. And we know that Josh Nyman did a good job at that slot, very underrated job at that slot for much of last last season. So although it's a huge loss for the Packers, it's not as huge a loss as some other players at other positions could have been, even though, you know, Bakhtiar is a multiple all pro. Todd, what do you think? What's your stress level on David Bakhtiari? 
Not as high as yours, I think. Uh, it's not. I think that's the case. It's of not. all the four of us, I think I have the highest risk level. So the, the flip side to this is, you know, Peter brought up the contract, and that was one of the things I was, I was uh, thinking on too, is I look at it like because of the investment, they're making double, triple, quadruple sure that their investment is ready to go. They're taking every single precaution along the way. Now, the longer it goes on, it's a more uh, skepticism and concern for fans and you know everybody else, right? How long is this going to drag on? But I just think they're doing the right things. Do I see him playing in week one? I don't know. I don't know that he might be gone. I, I guess it's probably just more of an evaluation period. If they're going to do more rehab and more, more reps with him on the side of the field, yeah, he goes on the pup list. At the same time, you benefit with the younger players getting reps. It's not like he needs the reps. If he goes on the pup today, that doesn't mean he misses four game, the first four games of the season, does it? If he's on the pup list at the, on the day of the cut down to 53. Then, no, it's, four, the, then it's four weeks. That, yeah, that's the, that's the key date. So between now and that cut down date, they can take him off the, off the pup list without any okay. question. But if he's on that list on the day, you know, after the, at the point of the 53-man cut down, then, then he misses at least the first four weeks. I feel better. Then I did appreciate all of you. <laughs> Tickets went on sale today at like 8 a.m. I think 8 a.m. Central, even though they were supposed to go on sale at 9.30 for the Packers game in London. Did you see the fiasco? Everybody on Twitter is losing their shit today because they said you couldn't get on till 9.30. Now, I don't know if it was 9.30 Eastern, 9.30 Central. Like there's differences to those things. So I don't know what times, you know, time zone they were looking at, but tickets were gone I saw someone had a screenshot. They were 345,000th in line. (laughs) I don't think you're getting tickets Mm -mm. since there's only like 70,000 or whatever in the entire stadium. Yeah, that's not going to happen. That's bananas, Peter. It's going to be crazy. Dale, did you put something in the swear jar? Oh, shit. I I was. (laughs) It's such a part of my life. I didn't even notice I cussed. Thank you, Andy. (laughs) Keep it. Hey, we had a clean episode last time. First time ever. Woo-hoo. Really? Yeah. Delete it. Terrible. No, I'm not deleting. <laughs> Fucking delete it. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> not worth it. <laughs> what are you talking about? It's a great episode. Anyway, I just it's that's bananas. Now we know that probably people from Europe, all over Europe, who are Packer fans are coming. Of course, that's the case, right? Peter, you've been through a, many of these non-Packer games. Is this always the case that demand is that high? I mean, maybe it is. No, not not always. I mean, it pretty much, it does depend. So, so the demand is always high, but I, it's not usually this high. It just depends on which team which teams are are playing. So the Packers fan base in, in the UK and in Europe is big. And couple that with the fact that the Packers have never played in London. So you've got the kind of double whammy. You've almost got a triple whammy because you've also got the neutral fan that wants to see Aaron Rodgers. You know, I'm very much knowing that this is probably going to be their last chance to see to see Aaron Rodgers on the field. So you kind of got that triple that triple whammy thing. Add to the fact they're playing the game at the Tottenham Stadium rather than at Wembley. So you've got, you know, capacity that's 20, 25,000 less than Wembley. You've got all those factors coming together. It's crazy. But, you know, there's lots of Packers fans that certainly on social media over the past few weeks and today that haven't got tickets. They're all still planning to converge on london and make make london green and gold for the weekend peter you said that they don't they don't tailgate i think packer fans are going to struggle with that yeah it's gonna be like that's part of the game you know and some of it's one it's traditionally we don't but right. two because the, because the stadiums are not set up you know you haven't got a right. huge lambeau field car park around the top right. of hotspur stadium or around or around Wem- wembley to do it yeah it's going to be interesting how all of that plays out but you know there's lots of talk already about Packers parties, Packers pubs, Packers this, Packers that. I know that the Packers themselves are doing something official, which they haven't yet announced. Lots going on. And I think it's going to be just one of those weekends where wherever you go in London, you're just going to run into bunches of Packers fans. Well, isn't it true, too, that if in the city, at least in London, very few people actually own cars? Yeah, because because A, it's, a, it's so easy to get around right. London. 
London with in the underground goes out goes everywhere. And right. B, you've got you've got the congestion charge, which has been in place in London now for about 20 years, which means every time you drive a car within the congestion charge period, you get charged for it. Oh. <laughs> so whoa. <laughs> so <laughs> it's kind of um, like when you go across the border in Illinois. Yeah, so, and they keep charging us toll after toll after toll. Hey, I went to uh, um, Pro Football of Fame, and the tolls in Indiana are just crazy high compared to yes. Illinois. And I, I, really? I yes. couldn't understand I was just it. there, too. It was ridiculous. I got a story about that. I'm sorry to just cut you off. No, I mean, we stopped off in South Bend, and um, it was like 30-some bucks, and then it was another 10 after that. It was just 30? nuts. Yeah. It's 70 cents every time you get off. So you could go like one exit, that's 70 cents to get on, and another 70 cents to get off. And it's only like a half mile from each other. So I left my, I I did that Spartan race at Notre Dame Stadium in South Bend. And I left my bag sitting when we were charging up Marcy's Tesla. I left it outside because my bag stunk so bad. We left it there. So we drove. We had to drive around. It cost me like five dollars to get my bag back because we had to like drive past it and come back. I'm like, this is and that's not easy to get to the stadium because I, I, we actually drove no. in into the campus to get a, a, a picture, and I'm just kind of driving in, driving in. Oh, okay, and so we just kind of went and got a picture. That's not an easy. Um, it uh, is place to find. Yeah, yeah. Indiana sucks. <laughs> oh, yes. anyway, totally off the topic. Andy, I wanted to ask you, so speaking of tailgating and and those sort of things, the Bears, so Lightfoot, I don't know what the name of the mayor of Chicago's name is, but she has proposed like three different things to renovate Soldier Field. And the Bears came out and said, we're really basically moving to Arlington. That was their answer. We are pursuing what we're doing. We will run out our contract where we are. What are your thoughts on that whole thing? That was just kind of a last, you know, dish, basically just to save face, you know, as far as in the media, because it's just ridiculous. I mean, put a, a dome over, you know, it, and I haven't actually, you know, been there for a game yet, but I've, you know, driven by there. I've been, you know, and, and really it's it's not probably one of the worst stadiums in the NFL right now anyway. I'm from Iowa, so I'm not, you know, someone who is married to it has to be, you know, right there, you know, um, that tradition. And overall, when you think of the product, it is going to be better, you know, if they move it out to where it's going to be. And obviously they've got a lot to do with the infrastructure, things like that. But, it, you know, if they're able to just get more money, put that into the product, I'm all for that. You know, I'm not one of those traditionalists that say you have to stay at Soldier Field, especially if it's falling apart. And um, I've heard stories about, you know, even with the addition, you know, how, I mean, what was it a few years ago that they had that storm and trying to get people out of this, you know, stadium. So uh, I am, I am all for, you know, whatever is going to help the product overall. Really, when you, you think of like stadiums, you know, say the art in just complexes, I mean, this would, I think, help the the Bears franchise uh, overall. And, and it it's a no brainer for the ownership. I mean, how much money it brings in, it would bring in, you know, to the, the franchise if they end up selling eventually, I don't know if they will uh, once um, Virginia McCaskey passed away, but this uh, Lori Lightfoot, it was never really um, a serious con- contender anyway. And then, you know, she could have done, they could have done a lot, a lot more, a lot sooner, but it just, it's just not tenable when you think of long-term and what do you see most of these teams doing? I mean, everyone I'm, I'm sure sees what, you know, Las Vegas and LA are doing and, 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 you know, they, they want a piece of the pie. I was just at the shareholders meeting yesterday and the Packers talked about for a very long period of time, Packerland district and all the things around that are bring, that are bringing in money to the stadium. They just had a soccer match so proud of myself for saying match they had a soccer match oh, wow. yeah yeah nice. not Wait, a did game you, did you go down on the pitch i did not go down on the pitch we are not allowed down on the pitch apparently even as shareholders i did not know this because it was my first shareholders meeting but they did talk a lot about the, the revenue that is being brought in the packers own and lease apartments like they they're part of their financial spiel was 45 of the 49 condos are sold and like they're talking about all these things and it goes back to what you said andy in chicago the bears are just tenants they're just paying rent they're just getting they're not getting a piece of the pie and that doesn't make sense for the long-term strength of the franchise to just keep 
borrowing the space from Chicago. So that's right. The, the I get Chicago, it. Uh, the Parks District, I believe, owns it. Yep. So now right. we can call them the Arlington Heights Bears. That's going to be great. Well, it's better <laughs> than, a, a, you know, a number of years ago when they were thinking about moving to Gary, Indiana, yeah, Gary, Indiana. Gary Bears. So <laughs> that would have been great, though, to be oh, honest. I'm sure Packers fans. Yeah. yeah. Well, and it was funny. I don't know. It was brought up, obviously, you know, possible second team in Chicago if that would ever happen. Yeah. Um, she, I, she mentioned that the mayor did. I don't know who floated out that. Well, what if the Packers would want to move there? That's you know, <laughs> that's not going to happen. That's, no. No. that's the dumbest shit ever. <laughs> Pretty much. No. And, and she's Lori Lightfoot is is shown um, over the last few years just to um, we'll just say interesting. We'll just say that. We'll keep it. Yeah. Let's not get here. into politics. But just, you know, as, as a leader, I mean, um, yeah. You want to make a better pitch to an NFL franchise in a city. I mean, means can lose and, you know, just still like, you know, print money. I mean, this is so right. you want right. to uh, be smarter about the, the type of pitch that you make to a team. And obviously these are uh, last ditch efforts just to look like they did something. What was it two weeks ago? We were talking to our friends from Zero Doings. We were talking about how Justin Fields is going to have to run for his life. Yep. The Bears signed two linemen in the last couple of days. We are reluctantly, we reluctantly say that they think that that's, these are good moves, but I think this, this is a good move to sign two veteran linemen to protect Justin Fields. Riley Reif, who I think played with the Vikings too. He did, and he's, and he's my Iowa guy too. He's from Iowa, so. Huh. And then, he was, and then he played with the Bengals, right? He, he's the, he most recently played with the Bengals, and they signed, yep. also signed Michael Schofield. So now instead of having like these revolving door guys that aren't any good, they'll have Lucas Patrick at center. Schofield, I assume, will play guard on one side or the other. Rife will play tackle. And these Maybe. are dudes that are going to start, right? I think they're going to start right away, guaranteed, <clears throat> yeah. yes. Huh. Yes. Wow. How does so, Riley Rice still out there? I, I think was is kind of interesting, but they did sign, they did pay him a ton of money mm-hmm. over 10 million per year, I think Riley Rice got. As a Bears fan, you know, it is exciting, you know, that they are signing linemen and you know, trying to do something front. I'm still a little hesitant because I mean you bring at that up that point, you know, why his is Riley Reef still out there? Uh, we don't you know, know why part of it might be to, you know, mentor some of the younger players. I mean, you've got um, Larry Borum, you know, in, in some of these younger players now who showed promise last year. And now um, they have, you know, these veterans that can kind of help teach them along the way. And I think that's going to be important. I don't think he'll be running uh, for his life. And a big part of that, I think will be on the coaching staff to really put the linemen in a best opportunity to succeed and in, in which Obviously, Nagy did not do that last year. They had an aging offensive line, and they're you know trying to you know make Jason Peters you know pull you know this old aging guard. I mean, just you know he which he was you know fantastic you know uh, in stretches in ten years ago as well. But you have to know your personnel, and I, I think um, I'm still a little bit hesitant to say you know um, this is these are amazing moves, but they are solid, and that's what you need for a team that is really starting to rebuild and building that that culture within the locker room as well. Uh, I, I think those those are good signings, and, and we'll see you know how it pans out, how many games that they will end up playing as well. So, Schofield's a Chicago native. Mm. Oh yeah, he played it like uh, <clears throat> I, I was reading it before. Yes, he's a Chicago native, so that's cool for him also to be able to come back home. Yeah, I guess his his wife won a gold medal with the U- U.S. Women's Hockey, and then huh. I guess now she's like player development for the Blackhawks. So it's like, oh, perfect for him, right? Oh, they can all yeah. be at home <clears throat> together. He can. How is he in his like? He's like 33, 31. 30, okay, so he's got a couple. Hopefully, for the Bears, has a couple years left in the tank, yeah. and he can keep playing. Uh, Riley Rife is better than what they had. Mm-hmm. I just think so. You know, they they drafted Tevin Jenkins. I'm asking you, Peter, does Tevin Jenkins, is he always going to be a right tackle in your mind? Because you're the draft guy and you've watched him throughout college. Riley Reif, the left tackle, Tevin Jenkins, the right tackle. Your thoughts? I think that Jenkins is a right, is a right tackle guy. I mean, we liked him. You know, mm-hmm. we liked him we did. Out and, we, and, we, and, and we thought that, you know, there was a potential that he could have been drafted by the Packers. So mm-hmm. I don't, I don't the, the pick in itself was a, was, was a bad pick. I mean, I think that Riley Reef, Rife, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, he's the guy that took over from Brian Belaga at, at Iowa. 
Mm-hmm. Um, right. Yeah. Oh wow. Yep. Um, you know, and he was a fir- first round pick uh, mm-hmm. for the Lions, and he's had a solid. You know, he's had a solid career. And you do ask the question: Well, why was he still out there? Because he's definitely going to do a good job for whichever team he was going to end up at. So, I think I think that's a real. I think that's a really nice pickup. I, I would I would have preferred that he hadn't signed for the Bears. <laughs> but it's a good signing because you. While you don't, the the Bears are in rebuild mode. I think most people get that, right? That they are going to be rebuilding. So you don't want to throw tons of money at any guy if you if you can help it. But you also can't have Justin Fields run for his life all the time. He's never going to develop if he's doing that. So I get why they're going to spend money on their offensive line. Plus, you'd like them to be able to run the football once in a while so they're not throwing it 70 times a game. But they haven't helped out. We talked about that last week, too, that I don't know who they're going to throw it to. There's some issues with that. But I wanted to talk about Roquan Smith. So we just talked about, we just put $10 million in Riley Rice's pocket, right? I don't know what Schofield signed for, but there's money there, too. Roquan Smith, in my opinion, is probably the best overall player on the roster, regardless of what side of the ball. He's not going to report until he gets a new deal. Todd, I'm asking you, if you are Bears management, knowing that you're in a rebuild mode, do you back the Brinks truck up to Roquan Smith and say, we are going to pay you? Do you pay Roquan Smith? No brainer. Yep. You got to. I mean, I think when we were talking with Zero Doinks, we were going back and forth about, like, having at least one player step up or having someone else to compliment, um, you know, uh, Justin Fields. And, I mean, I think it's a no-brainer. This is the only way to do it. I mean, you've got the opportunity right now. Don't let them, don't let them slip away. So, okay, uh, it, to me, it's a complete no-brainer. So you 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 give uh, Roquan yeah. Smith what he wants. Yep. Yep. Peter, what I do you would. think? Yeah, I mean, I th- I think you give him what he wants within within reason. I'm not quite sure where that where that reason is, um, but they have to do something regardless. I and mean, this is the last year of his contract anyway. So, and, and you really don't want to want to have a player playing if it's a player that you want for the next five, six, seven years. You really don't want a player playing on the last year of his contract if you can if you can help it. No, it's yeah, he's. We like him. You know, he's one of the top players at his position in, in the league. I, I, I guess it just comes to how much do you value that position that you're prepared to pay? How much for it? Uh, and I think that's the, that's the question. And how much of this is brinkmanship? You know, with the with the CB the last signed CBA. You know, players get fined now for holding out. How much does he want to start losing money? Because he will start losing money. Not just his salary will get fined. Well, um, can I can I bring some up real quick? Yeah, so he, absolutely. So he actually um, he did report to camp, but oh. but um, he's doing what uh, T.J. Watt did last year, um, holding in. So he's there. He reported <laughs> to camp, but he's not going to practice. So okay. and that was because of that. So he doesn't get fined. It's kind of how you know some players kind of get around that now. So I just wanted to, uh, uh, on that point. So yes, <laughs> I like that. The, did you just term. invent yes. a new term? So, no, no, uh, it was on uh, ESPN here. So, and 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 that's a good point. And it, and it will be interesting to see. And I doubt, but whether or not the Bears would want to pursue that because, you know, the contract's very, very clear standard player contract about they have to be available to do this and they have to be available to do that, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But nonetheless, I, I mean, I agree with the general sentiment. You pay him. It's just. There is a point for every player where you say that is too expensive, but I I don't know where that point is. My issue, if I'm a Bears fan, is it's so late in the game now. Can you deal him for actual picks? Before the draft, it gets all hot and heavy and guys start going, I need to get this player or this player or this player, and I might need to move up to get them, so I want to stack draft picks. But now it's going to be August. So what value can they get for him? You know, they dumped Khalil Mack and they got picks for him, which I don't think they really, I don't think they did much with those picks, if I'm being very honest. What do you do with that? I think you have to sign him. If Roquan Smith goes into the last year of his contract and doesn't want to play on a team that sucks ass, I'm not saying Roquan Smith's also going to fake an injury because I don't think he would do that. But his, he's got to be looking to his own career and think, I don't want to get hurt out here. 
for this four and 13 team. You know what I mean? Like I want to play the next five years and get paid. I'm offended. <laughs> it's a five and 12 team. <laughs> I'm sorry. Stan corrected the six and 11 bears team. He doesn't want to get hurt for them either. You know what I mean? So I, I think that that is a problem. The problem they run into, though, is how quickly can they rebuild this roster? Because if you are going to sign Roquan Smith to a big contract, which I think he deserves, then what do you do with the rest of the roster? Because he, if he's a great player on a shit roster, you know, and you don't have talent around Justin Fields or him, then you just piss that money away because you're nowhere near a playoff berth. You're nowhere near where you want to be as a franchise. I'm still in the you should pay Roquan Smith what he wants money. Yeah, I would, I would uh, definitely agree with that. And, and I, I think he does get signed. I mean, when you look at uh, the cap room, they're, they're going to have, you know, next year, um, I think he does get signed. You know, you look at Jalen Johnson, you know, talking about how Brokon Smith is, you know, the leader, you know, and, and, and he kind of, he became that, you know, last year, you know, and I think they're going to sign him. It'll just be interesting to see how long it goes. And you're right, though. I mean, if you sign him to too big of a contract, then you do really, um, you know, hamper the rest of your. I mean, they've got a ton of room, but they do also have a ton of holes. And hopefully, they they use a lot of that money to, you know, um, sign a lot of. I mean, maybe they get a, a veteran red, a wide receiver uh, next year as well, or, or whatnot. And and so they they really need to be careful, kind of how much, but. Um, they also need to be careful not pissing them off because they do need an anchor on that uh, defense up front. I mean, they've really spent a lot of time on the secondary. When you talk of up front, you know, they lost a lot too. Akeem Hicks, you know, Eddie Goldman, you know, all those things. And, um, he's going to be really important to that team. So I think he does get signed, you know, being a, a veteran, it helps him kind of continue to recover and, and maybe gives younger players some time. But I, I think they do uh, sign him eventually. Give me the glasses half full version of the, the Bears draft this year. I, mean, I need to be convinced. Basically, it starts in with the glasses half full for the Bears is uh, it's sad to say it, that they didn't reach for a wide receiver. That's to me, that's where it begins and ends because, you know, that's what they hit, have been known to do, you know, reaching for a quarterback, reaching for this and that. And, you know, they didn't reach. So one of the biggest things is probably what they didn't do with that. And they kind of waited and they, they did, you know, let a couple of uh, talented um, players in their secondary, you know, fall to them. And, and I think that was important, you know, not to, you know, then reach in the second round uh, for a wide receiver that, you know, may or may not pan out. Bears don't need that. They're not at that point. And looking at the rest of the division, especially uh, highlighted by probably the best quarterback in the division, uh, Kirk Cousins. <laughs> And the Vikings aerial attack. Um, <laughs> you, uh-huh. um, you do need, uh, and Aaron Rodgers will throw him in there as well. Uh, you do need a secondary uh, that's going to, um, you know, go think of long-term when you think of the Vikings wide receivers, you know, someone, uh, players to kind of match that. You just, so that's where you really need it. So uh, when you talk about Jaquan Brisker, I mean, I really liked that pick as well. Um, you know, and um, I, I liked that the Bears then you know turned a few picks into a few more picks. You know, they traded traded back and they got players that a lot of them were depth as well. I, I think when you look at it, I think it's important that the Bears continue to build their roster and and they didn't over overreach for players that you know just because it was a position they didn't get pigeonholed into. We need a wide receiver. Let's get one. That's a big part of it. They also got like 30-year-old Velas Jones. So that's going to be awesome. Well, yeah. I mean, when we talk about uh, Velas Jones Jr., I mean, he's going to be a you know, fantastic, you know, veteran presence in there, you know, for at least <laughs> as a rookie. As a rookie, you know. Um, <laughs> and <laughs> when, when you look at him, I, I think that was important. I mean, you talk about getting Justin Fields some weapons. And I wasn't 100% sold on, on Mooney being a number one. And um, I'm, I'm still not 100% on that either because they do need a big, taller, wide receiver to kind of catch touchdown passes and, you know, and whatnot. And uh, Mooney has that edge. I like what he, you know, uh, is bringing to the table. Obviously, he had a thousand yard season with that god awful coaching staff last year. So, um, so there's something there and a great connection with fields. And when you talk about Velas Jones jr, he's good in space. And, and I think um, when you talk about getting quarterback, young quarterbacks comfortable, and I, I think that can be huge, you know, you, you get uh, a player like that, even though he's uh, ancient and, you know, maybe with his Walker, you get him in space and, and he can do something with it. And then 
maybe that can help, you know, fields continue to kind of feel more confident and get in rhythm uh, throughout the season. So that's going to be interesting to watch, you know, with him and, and just in space and um, obviously redoing this offensive line. But I mean, overall, I was happy that they, um, you know, didn't try to. And Andy came up, comes up with an interesting point, Peter and Todd. They picked two defensive guys, second round, Kyler Gordon out of Washington, I think it is. And then Jaquan Brisker, safety from Penn State. Todd, who is the best, who has the best wide receiver room in the North? Vikings. It's, it's the Vikings, right? Yeah, Vikings, no, no question. So if you look at it like that, you've got to defend the Vikings room, the Lions room, the Packers room over time. That sort of makes sense to me. I guess I'd never put that together. Would it go, Peter, Vikings, Lions, Packers, Bears, as far as wide receivers rooms? I'm not trying to be funny. Like, I'm just – because you love Jamison Williams. Like, that, that was your guy. We, we both said, and you brought it up to me, that if we can steal that dude at pick 22, you've got a, you know, top 10 talent. They have him. They have uh, EQ St. Brown's better younger brother and Amon Ra. So they've got two young guys that can play. I'm sorry. I just keep on going. You tell yeah, me, I, Peter, what's the order it, of wide receiver rooms in the yeah, North? Yeah, it, it is the Lions if Williams is ready to go. I think that's the big, always going to be the big question mark over him. That guy is a is a stud, right? So, mm-hmm. you know, and, and like you said, would have been a, a great addition to any team and preferably the Packers if they've been able to get him. Yeah, I think that's probably about the right. Right now, it's the Vikings and then the other three. And you can probably make cases however you want to order those. We look at the Packers room. It could be good. It could be really bad. It just depends on on time and how how the rookies pan out and how Watkins pans out, if he pans out, how Lazard, who knows how all of that's going to pan out. But on paper, I think it's the Vikings and then Everybody else. Take your pick. So, Andy, we've had discussions with other folks about the Bears versus the Packers room. I saw you, you know, you got a little funny look on your face that you think the Bears are better than the Packers. That's how I read your face. So you just, you tell me (laughs) how the Bears room is better than the Packers wide receiver room. I'll listen. I don't know, Mooney. When you talk of about your receivers, kind of on on the upward trend, I mean, he's there. He has that that edge. You know, he has that connection with Fields. I think that's huge, right there. And and he is better than any receiver on the Packers. You know, by far. And obviously, I'm an Iowa guy, but Alan Lazard. I mean, Iowa State guy. These players would not be second, third, or maybe fourth on on any other team. And Personally, I like Christian Watson. I like, you know, what what he's going to be long term. But this year, I just don't know how you can really expect anything out of him. And, and I get the the argument that Aaron Rodgers kind of drags along, you know, the wide receiver room. But I just, you know, I don't know how you can pick the Packers overall over the Bears or any other team in this division. Just wide receiver room alone. I do think it's obviously Vikings, uh, Lions. Um, and then there's, there's a gap and then it's bears and, and Packers and it's close bears and, you know, Packers, but I just, I like what, um, Mooney has brought, uh, to the table. I like Valus Jones. Um, he might not, he's not going to be asked to be the number one. That's my concern. Uh, when you talk about Packers is Christian Watson going to be the number one is, is Randall Cobb. I mean, uh, is the ghost of Randall Cobb going to, you know, be going over the middle? What, what's he going to be doing? You know? So like, I, I just, and I try I try as much as I can not to be a bear Homer fan. I know they're going to stink this year. When you look at on, on paper and, and the Sammy Watkins, I mean, and we talked about it earlier, you know, he's a shell of himself too. Like I think of, when I think of the Packers receivers, I think of uh, what are those uh, like insects that are on like um, the uh, trees and then they make the sound and then they die. Cicadas. Is that yeah, it? Yeah. 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 And, and so then what's, what's left afterwards after the cicada leaves, just a little shell. shell. And, and that's what I think of, of the Packers receivers, the shell of themselves. I mean, it, it's when I think of what the management has maybe not done from an outsider, I think that would be the, one of the biggest negligible, negligible um, actions is not, you know, really upgrading this receiver room. Cause if you're going going for it with Rodgers, you have to have some type of, you know, receiver. And, and maybe they should have really thrown something at Julio Jones and say, you know, we need that veteran. I will uh, um, get off my uh, uh, soapbox here. Todd, you said it before that 
many times that we have not given Rodgers the weapons that he needs over time. So you, I mean, you're sort of in that camp. Now you're not going to say that EQ St. Brown is better than anybody on the Packers mm-hmm. roster. Cause he's no, not, absolutely. no, he's not. Absolutely. Yeah, not. Have yeah. fun with him. Yeah. Hopefully I mean, we don't, <laughs> but he's right now on the depth chart listed as the one receiver on the left side, or at least he was a couple of weeks ago when we looked at it. Yeah. And that says a lot to it. I am not arguing with you, Andy, because I, I see the room as being, you have no idea what we're getting. We right. know what we're getting with Alan Lazard. It would be nice to see what he does in a more expanded role, but he's limited physically, right? He's not going to mm-hmm. run a four, four forty, right? He's not mm-hmm. going to run by most guys. He's a great inline blocker. He does all the little things. They mm-hmm. are expecting him to be great. Randall Cobb, right? I mean, Randall Cobb's coach on the field more than anything. I, I, I've always, I mean, he didn't do much last year and who knows what that had to do with just, you know, Rogers focusing on Devontae Adams. We're going to see how that all plays out too. We are expecting a lot in Green Bay from our rookies and from Amari Rogers, who didn't do jack shit last year. We keep saying that he's down to like 200 pounds. So I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but Amari <laughs> Rogers has lost like 16 pounds. And hopefully he's feeling good. What else should we talk about? I'm excited for the season to kick off. When's, when's the first preseason game? It's got to be in, I mean, next month, obviously. It's in August. The first practice is Wednesday, tomorrow. The Packers have oh, a nice. public practice tomorrow, which I thought about going and driving it back up to. Yeah. To watch. Sure. I was just up there, though. Monday. Go up there and that's true. Live. What do I also I got to do? Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm going to the uh Bears you became a teacher for on a Saturday, reason. so you're going to the Bears training on camp Saturday, yeah. So gotta watch Justin Fields and, and uh Roquan Smith Smith uh, sit on the sideline. Sit on the sideline and cheer with in his cheerleader outfit. Excellent. Peter, any closing thoughts? I was gonna say if you looked at the AVG's I can't even say it now. AVGCheese.com website. You could see the Packers schedule on there. and You'd know that the first preseason game is the 12th of August. This is true. And you'd also be able to tell that the Packers regular season kicks off in 46 days, nine hours, nine minutes and counting. I went to the Packers play the Jets last year and I'm like, who are these fools? Like, <laughs> at least when you're watching it on TV, like you can go to the refrigerator for... 10 minutes and miss, you know, third string quarterback throwing the ball into the stands. But when you're there, like there's nothing else to do. It talk about training camp is similar, but at least with training camps, they have different things to do and see and, and you know, see the practice for a little bit. So you're not just kind of, you know, you know, stuck there kind of watching a players try, try to uh, make the roster. I think if you go and see the, the Packers in preseason, at least you get to see the second best quarterback in the division play. <laughs> Jordan Love. Oh my god! <laughs> I was already in my mode of like, was kind of tuning like, out. It's the end of the fucking podcast, and we had to be mad. Oh, there has been three starter. The what? The word Jordan Love and starter will never be uh, should never be said in the same sentence. Have you seen his hype video? Oh no! Yes. Oh man! He's got a hype video of what? Of him in shorts and a t-shirt. You have not seen it. And this no. is why I don't go on websites or Twitter and all the other stuff. So I um, thought it was great. I'm like, who did this though? Like your camp? Like is your? That was the most bizarre thing. Like, dude, you've completed 13 passes in your life. <sighs> Whatever. Maybe you don't need quite. That's right. Yeah. I was I was getting all excited for preseason. Now I just realized that every one of those fucking games is going to have love starting on it. That's not worth looking for. As a Bears fan, I would love to see it. Yeah, you'd love to see Jordan Love. All right. So thanks for listening to episode 89 of the Average Cheese Podcast, the Dave Robinson episode. No pack up. No pack up. Bear down. <laughs>